know you know. Um, so the more things you try, once you find the one thing that you're supposed to be doing, it'll be immediate. Because it won't matter how many times you lose. It doesn't matter how many times you fail doing that one thing. It will just always feel right. You're listening to episode 109 of the Fitness Empowerment Podcast, where I had the pleasure of speaking with Miss Holly Conway, also known as Miss Louisiana 2018. Welcome to, or welcome back to the Fitness Empowerment Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Phillips, and my goal is to empower you to take that next step on your health and fitness journey. As a fitness, health, and lifestyle entrepreneur, I will share with you stories of triumph, struggle, optimism, and empowerment in all aspects of fitness and health from myself and many guests who have overcome the same obstacles you are working through today. Let's dive into today's topic and get you some actionable steps to apply to your journey. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Before we jump into today's episode, I want to do a quick or share a quick review with you guys for my Healthy Disney Planning Guide. And that review is from Eagle Flight on Amazon, and it's titled Ready to Go on Vacation. This book was so informative and fun to read. Danny keeps it light and to the point for all ages. I really like the details she adds about where to work out while in Disney. The goal sheets that are provided are a great way to track what we will be needing and eating on our next trip. I'm looking forward to going back to Disney World and this time with less stress. Well, Eagle Flight, I'm so excited that you loved this book and that you enjoyed looking at where the workout facilities are located. I think that's a huge misconception at Disney and I'm trying to debunk that. There are a lot of different places that you can work out and a lot of different activities that you can do while you are there. So no worries on making sure that you get your workouts in while you're on vacation. If you would like to purchase your copy of the Healthy Disney Planning Guide, Volume 1, then head on over to dannyphillips.com slash e-book, or you can head to Amazon and search Healthy Disney, and it'll be the first book that pops up. It's currently available as an ebook and paper book format, and the audiobook is in the works, so get excited. And volume two is actually underway as far as the research part of it goes, so stay tuned here on the podcast and on Instagram at Danny Phillips if you want more details about the progress for that. And make sure to leave an honest comment and honest, an honest rating and review if you want your chance to win a free copy of the Healthy Disney Planning Guide. So head over to iTunes, SoundCloud, um, Anchor, Pocket Casts, Spotify, any of those places and leave an honest rating and review. Make sure you screenshot it and send it to me at danny at the dietdoc.com and I will get you your copy. A quick overview of today's episode with Holly Conway. Holly's story is not one of fame and glory, and while she strives to show women that it is absolutely an honor to be Miss Louisiana, the position is most certainly a job and she works hard 
every day to fulfill her duties and spread the message of her inspirational platform. Holly came from a loving and high achieving family that really helped her to strategize going after her purpose in life. She was quite the tomboy and athlete growing up, but after she grew her vocal talents post the confusion of being told she had nodes, um, along with many other hurdles, she jumped into the music and theater world. Holly had not intended to be a part of the beauty pageant world and in fact did her first pageant with only one week of prep time to simply be a part of the event with a friend who was also competing. Holly found through her musical talents and the pageant world that she was able to reach and connect to her audience through her heart and emotions and not simply by having a vocally impressive talent. Today, Holly walks us through the three-step process her father taught her for following her passion and gives us a whole lot of entertainment and storytelling along the way. Without further delay, ladies and gentlemen, Miss Louisiana 2018, Holly Conway. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Fitness Empowerment Podcast. My name is Danny. I'm your host and I'm your resource for fitness, food, and travel. And I'm so excited today because I'm here with Holly Conway, who is Miss Louisiana 2018. And we're about to dive into some fun stories. And trust me, we've already had an adventure today. So Holly, (laughs) welcome to the show. (laughs) Hi, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, Holly, before we kind of jump into rapid fire, do you want to let everybody know the adventure that we've already had and where you are uh, doing your podcast side from? <laughs> yes. So as Miss Louisiana, we have a lot of sponsors and one of them is ULM. And what a lot of people don't know is ULM gives us an apartment for the entire year. So I live on a college campus. And with that being said, the Wi-Fi is terrible and we could not get a signal to make this Skype call happen. And so I decided to drive to the neighborhood Walmart and sit in the parking lot. So I could use my data, and that's there what we're doing. <laughs> uh, hey, dedication right there. Miss Louisiana, coming to you from wherever she needs to be to make this happen. So <laughs> she's already inspiring us to make sure that we do whatever it takes. <laughs> yes, and we'll go work into in the that. platform. Yes, absolutely. I mean, you got to, right? So so we already have gotten to know you a little bit because we know that you're going to go to whatever length it takes to make sure you meet your commitments. So. <laughs> yes. Awesome. So let's dive in and let's get to know you a little bit more for anybody who's maybe not heard about you before. Hard to imagine. But where were you born and raised? Quick rapid fire. (laughs) I was born in Lafayette, Louisiana, and I was raised in Monroe, Louisiana. Okay, Lafayette to Monroe, Louisiana. And where do you live now? I live in Monroe, Louisiana on ULM campus. Okay, awesome. What are your daily non-negotiables? Um, I have a glass of hot tea every day and, um, room temperature water for sure. Awesome. I'm a room temperature sure. water girl too. I like it. <laughs> that's Favorite? Like all I drink. Yeah, that's amazing. Favorite hobby outside of school or work? Oh, that's hard because work is my hobby. I love my job. <laughs> I'm lucky. one of those lucky people who love their job. Um, I do like to cook, though. I like to cook. Ooh, okay. So we'll get to that then. What's your favorite type of fitness? Um, not cardio. <laughs> Anything but cardio. <laughs> Anything that's not cardio. The only cardio I will do is if I'm dancing. So you can catch me at a Zumba class every now and then. Okay. Or an other than that, anything that's not cardio. 
Okay, fair enough. I'm not a cardio fan either. Some people, it's totally their jam, but... <laughs> All right, you like to cook, so favorite type of food? Chocolate. Love it. That's a whole food group, right? I have a really bad sweet tooth. It's terrible, but I love, love chocolate. What's your favorite brand? I got to know. I don't know. I like all of it except for, I like Cadbury because when okay. I worked on Carnival, I had a lot of British friends and they would always feed me that Cadbury chocolate. But anything besides like the weird chocolate with like raspberries in it and like fruit and mint chocolate, I don't do that. Okay. So plain chocolate. Plain chocolate. Yes. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, dream travel destination, though. I feel like you've probably been a lot of places on those carnival cruises and we'll dive into that too, but dream, dream travel destination. Fiji, like Fiji or Bora Bora, like the Polynesian islands. Yeah. Ah, amazing. I've been looking at your Instagram. It looks like you've been traveling. You've had the swimsuit vibe going on. I'm like, summer vacation yet? (laughs) Yeah, swimsuit vibe, but it was totally raining in Mexico, but still really. Oh, yeah, I did it for the pictures. I did it for the I was going to say, it was hard to tell from the pictures. It looked gorgeous. <laughs> Thanks. Photo editing. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Last drink you grabbed out of the fridge. See, that's a trick question because I only drink room temperature water. So there are no beverages in my refrigerator. Oh, well, that's a good answer then. Okay. That is okay. honestly the only. People think I'm always being humble when I go out to restaurants and I order water. And I'm, I know I love water. It's like my favorite thing to drink. That's a all for the health. Like most people wish they could say that. (laughs) Yes. I have a case of water in my car. Actually, you reminded me of something. Good for you. I do as well. It's like the more often I see it, the more often I'm reminded to drink it. Yes. I keep it everywhere. Good for you. Okay. Last book or podcast that you read or listened to that you would recommend. Oh, I actually did a podcast. uh, It's called the dreamer collective. And it's Ooh. really, really good. Yes, I love it. I love dreamers. I'm such a, I'm a hopeless dreamer. Um, and yeah, it's a guy in Monroe, Kendrick, and he does the Dreamer Collective. He gets people who have big dreams and who follow those dreams and has them tell the steps of how they did it and tell their story so that other people can do the same. Ooh, I am going to take a quick note on that. We can link that in the show notes. So the Dreamer okay. Collective. Collective. Very cool. Okay. So what is exciting for you right now? Okay, okay, so this is an exclusive because I haven't <gasps> said, yes, I haven't announced it or said anything to anybody about it yet. So you get the exclusivity. Um, on mm-hmm. March 8th, National Women's Day, I'll be singing the national anthem at the Pelicans game. Oh, wow. So excited about it. So excited. I, wow. Okay, everybody's going to need to know <laughs> that. So we're going to yes, put that yes. ASAP so that everybody can watch. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, now we have- on the podcast. I did the Saints game on Thanksgiving and now I get to do the Pelicans game on National Women's Day. Oh, that's so exciting. Wow. That's, we have to talk. You you have so much that I want to dive into. Like, (laughs) that has got to be such an exhilarating experience to get up in front of that many people and sing the National Anthem. That is so cool. It was. It was the best feeling in the world. I wouldn't dream for anything. I loved it. Oh, good. And then last rapid fire question. What are you grateful for today? Today? Um, I think I'm grateful for our car sponsor, JPS um, Aviation, and they gave me the ability to be able to hop in my car and do whatever I needed to do to make sure that this podcast happens, which is super weird. It's weird to say, but not everyone has the opportunity to make things happen that fast. They have to, it's a bigger struggle for other people sometimes. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, honestly, if you hadn't, then we wouldn't have been able to like we would not have been able to have situation this in like my car three years ago. So <laughs> we would have been struggling. Oh man, awesome. Okay, well, I'm excited. We have hit some great points today, so I know we're going to dive into those. But let's start with a little bit about you. You have a really cool background and some really, really awesome parents with probably high expectations to live up to. So can you give us a little bit of background on who your parents are and how that maybe inspired you to uh, get to where you are today? <laughs> yes. Um, so I have two sisters, an older sister and a younger sister. And my parents, Hollis and Charlotte Conway, um, like I said, we grew up in Monroe, Louisiana, but my dad, he was an Olympian. He has a bronze and a silver medal in the 88 and 92 Olympics. He was a high jumper. Um, my mom, today is her 50th birthday. <gasps> Happy birthday, Happy birthday to your mom. mom. <laughs> yes. Shout out to your mom. But my mom, right. She's like an iron woman or something. I don't know. She just, like I said, I don't like cardio. My mom will wake up and just run six miles just to start her day. I don't know. That's she so really, fun. she inspires my physical fitness and my health. She just turned 50 and for her birthday, she wanted the family to run a 5K with her. And of course, I had something to do. And my <laughs> I, I found something to do. Oh my goodness. <laughs> But, yeah, so my dad is, he has his two Olympic medals, and he went on and did motivational speaking for a long time and worked with Fellowship of Christian Athletes. He's also an ordained minister, um, and now he works for University of Louisiana at Lafayette. He's on their athletic board and in the athletic department. And, yeah, he's one of my biggest inspirations. My parents both inspire me for different reasons. Wow, that's incredible. And, okay, so you have an, you said an older and a younger sister. Yeah, and are you are you close with them? Are they kind of in in the pageant life or the athletic life as well? They're not. I'm a, I have middle child syndrome, so I'm extremely <laughs> different from my sisters. And we're really? we're very close. My younger sister is four years below me, and my older sister is two years older than me. Um, so we're pretty close in age, and we're very close. We hang out a lot, but. I'm the only one who was in the performing arts world who did pageants. All of us were athletes, of course, but my sister, my older sister was the best athlete. Her name is Tarvia, and she was at UL Lafayette. I mean, I think she has the record for, like, she's top five in the longest jumps or something. I don't know. She's amazing. Um, and my baby sister is majoring in business. So we're all very, very different. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's that's a huge difference. <laughs> It's a very big difference, but I always say I'm the oddball out. I have to be adopted because no one is musically inclined in my family. My parents, my sisters, no one is really deep into the arts. It's just I'm all the way on the different spectrum. That's so funny. I, I'm actually the opposite way. I think I'm the only one in my family that is not theatrically or musically inclined. <laughs> At least I've been told that I should never try to sing. I just can't carry a tune in a bucket. <laughs> but actually, my middle sister, Kelly competed in a pageant and was friends with april um nelson yes I yes so cool yeah small world but yeah i think they were in girl scouts together a long time ago so both from that like um, mandeville covington area oh yeah for sure my sister actually okay i lied my older sister actually did a pageant i don't remember what system it was like the national american myth or something it was a hot mess. We had no idea what we were doing. 
I remember going there and I was like, why are we at this? Of course, I didn't grow up around pageants. So I was like, why are we here? What are we doing? What is the pageant? This is stupid. I don't want to be here. I was like a little teenager. My sister was like 14. And I think she wore jeans to her interview and like didn't have the right kind of evening gown. It was terrible. And I, I think didn't... we all erased it from our memories. So you said April Nelson. I remember it. Oh, yeah. National Guardian. My sister did that. That's hysterical. Can you show up to an interview in jeans? And does it work that way? <laughs> you can do whatever you want, but there will not be very many positive repercussions. <laughs> going up to an interview in jeans. Um, granted, if you just have a great interview, I guess you'll just you'll still prevail. I don't know. That is so funny. I didn't even know there was a right type of evening dress that you could wear. So <laughs> clearly, I'm not in that world. But. Well, you know. <laughs> There's, there's good and bad choices in everything we do. And I think that at that time in our lives, that was not a good choice for the Conway family. What to do with that no. <laughs> I don't think I've talked about that. I completely forgot she did that. Hey, I guess you got to start somewhere in the family, right? <laughs> you got to start somewhere. Yeah. She yeah. gets all the credit. Ah, yeah. oh, that's awesome. So tell me then, how did you, if, if that was your thought towards pageantry, like, oh, I don't want to be here. I don't want to do this, whatever. Not a big, like, <laughs> how did you decide then to kind of branch into that? How did it, take over and become a huge part of your life? Well, like I said, one, I completely forgot about that last experience, but also <laughs> the different system. So the Miss Louisiana, Miss America system um, is different from all the others. And I went to college. I talk about my best friend, Brie Collier, all the time. So she was our school, school title holder. She was Miss Northwestern Lady of the Bracelet. And I remember her coming into our tap class and everyone congratulating her. And I'm just thinking, what does this girl do? I don't get it. What is this? <laughs> and I was a tomboy. So I was like, why is she? She wears makeup to tap class. So we didn't really click at first. Um, and then when we became friends, she and my friend Tyler Price, they would always tell me, you should do a pageant, you should do a pageant. And I would say no. But I was in this group called Make Your Own Theater. And we performed at Miss Lady of the Bracelet that next year. And so I sang and I tap danced and I did a few numbers. and. That was when I met Lacey Sanchez, Miss Louisiana 2014. Um, and I met some of the Miss Louisiana board, and they were the ones who kind of started to encourage me. And it still took about a week and a half, two weeks, until they talked me into it. But that was my introduction. When I performed at that pageant and my friends encouraging me to do it, that was when it started. Okay. And when you say encourage you to do it, what did that look like? Did that mean like they were hanging out with you trying, like they knew your potential and they just didn't let you not recognize it? Or what did that look like? No, they were super annoying. You know how college friends are. <laughs> <laughs> I do. You know I do. They know what's best for you. So they're like, Holly, I'm telling you, you would be good at a pageant. I'm like, I can't, I don't want to do something just because I'd be good at it. I want to do something that I enjoy. And so they just kept putting that bug in my ear. But what happened was, so this is the extended version. So I performed at Miss Lady of the Bracelet, but one of my close friends, Marissa McNickens, competed at Miss Lady of the Bracelet. She did not win. And that next weekend, she competed in Miss Natchitoches. And I went to that pageant and watched her, and she didn't win that one either. And at that pageant, the Heart of Pilot um, pageant directors were there, and they gave me a flyer and said, do this pageant. And they gave Marissa a flyer. Um, of course, I wasn't going to do it, but it was in my hometown. It was in Monroe. Mm -hmm. And... Of course, I haven't visited my family in a while. And Marissa says, okay, Holly, just do this with me, please. Your mom can do my hair. I can stay at your house. It can just be like, I just really need somebody to do a pageant with me. I just lost two pageants in a row. So she definitely coerced me into it. And I wow. said, okay, pageant is next Saturday. If I lose, 
lose, and I just lost a week of my life. If I win, then I want a pageant. So I had a <laughs> for that pageant. She let me wear her evening gown. Um, a girl who also didn't win Miss Lady of the Bracelet let me wear her talent gown, and I got my swimsuit from eBay. Uh, and That's epic. <laughs> I tell you, that was when I stayed up every night figuring out how to do makeup, doing my paperwork. Um, what I got shoes from Goodwill. I got some heels from Goodwill that I wore for every phase of competition. It was extremely like makeshift, Tim Gunn, make it work kind of thing. And but I was dedicated. I mean, if I was going to do something, I was going to do it. I wasn't going to, you know, ease my way through it. I wanted to be dedicated to whatever I was going to do. And so. Yeah. That's what I did. That was the pageant I won. Okay, so break it down. You took a week to get ready for this pageant. What would you say the average time frame to prep for a pageant really looks like? Because it's probably longer average than a week. <laughs> and I would say it's longer than a week. I like I I'm getting information quickly, and that's accredited completely to my performing arts degree and growing up in sports. So I have good body awareness. So I went to a studio and practiced walking every day. And of course, I had a talent ready. So all of that was a really expedited process for me, but I'm used to things like that. But average, I would say, I would personally say it's good to take like three weeks to a month to get ready for a pageant because you really want your talent to be spot on. That's what I would say. You want your talent to be spot on. And you want to be 100% confident of what you look like on stage. This is all my personal opinion. Um, and this is the way I do in my performing arts life, too. I want to be in front of the mirror as much as possible until I can move away from the mirror and be 100% sure of what I look like on stage. So I'm not thinking I'm looking fierce, and then I watch the video and see, oh, my gosh, why were my arms moving like that when I was walking? Or why doesn't my left <laughs> arm move? Because <laughs> that happens. Sometimes one arm gets really stiff when you walk, and it just doesn't move. So I would say take, like, three weeks to a month to get accustomed to your body and what you look like and what you want to do and really practice your talent. That's awesome. Yeah. And that makes perfect sense. I know for me with bikini bodybuilding, it's not so much the gym and the workouts and it's a lot of nutrition, but holy cow, if you are not standing on, on those heels and practicing for, you know, at least like a half hour to an hour a day, like months before your show, you have no idea what you look like and you have no idea how long your feet can last in heels. That's really hard. <laughs> yes, that is a big part of it. And then it plays into confidence. So when you know what you look like, then you're extremely confident. Like you said, if you're in front of the mirror, you get on that stage, you're going to be a lot more confident and that'll show. Definitely. So talent, did you, you're a singer. Did you, was yes. that your initial thought for, Hey, I'm going to be in a show. I'm going to use my, my voice. Is that, is that what you did? Oh yeah. I always knew I was going to sing. Singing is my favorite. It's the way, I always say it's the way I connect to the world because I'm not a very emotional person okay. at all. If you look at Miss Louisiana, I didn't cry when I got crowned. It may look like I cried, but I'm just not a very emotional person. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the big waterworks or anything like that. And so the only time I really feel connected to emotion is when I'm singing or through song. So that's the best way I can express myself. So anytime I want to show something on stage, it'll be through singing. And as much as I love to tap dance, that would just be something. I always tell people talent isn't about going on stage and impressing everybody. It's about going on stage and showing your heart. So I could have done different things that would have gone on stage and impressed people, but the only way I would have connected to the judges and connected to the audience is through singing in my personal career. Wow. I love that. And, and it sounds like you knew that from the beginning. There was no question. It wasn't like, well, I want to do a, pa a pageant and, you know, I need to figure out what my talent is. Like, you knew. <laughs> 
Yeah, I knew exactly. I knew exactly what I was going to do. Now, it's always a big thing for me picking songs. It usually takes me a while to pick a song because I'm a perfectionist. And I always message my friend Tyler Price and send him like five options. And then we go through <laughs> and we pick it. We block the song out. We have really dramatic blocking, um, put on a big show. So that's usually the long process is picking what song I'm going to sing. Wow. I there, I mean, there's so many options, right? Is there a kind of a strategy that you go through or you just hear something and you kind of feel a connection to it and, and maybe, I don't know, keep it in the notes section of your phone? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm extremely strategic when I pick talent songs. It's, it's very, <laughs> it's almost annoying because my pageant director, I will send her 45 minute voice recordings of me going through once I picked, and this is after I picked a song. It's a 45-minute voice recording of me going through the song, and I'll sing maybe two bars of it in, like, six different ways, so I can decide which way sounds the best. Wow. But when I'm picking a song, <laughs> it's very, very, very strategic. But when I pick a song, um, the most important thing is message. So I need, I pick options that have good messages or that are related to something. So I don't just pick a song because I think it's vocally impressive. Um, that's never because you can make any song vocally impressive. I can, you can get a boring song and you can change the way you sing it and make it vocally impressive. So that's not my first pick. Um, okay. So I'll pick a song that has a really good message, um, or that I feel connected to that is like my theme for the year. My first year I sang I Am Changing, um, because I wasn't used to pageants and I felt like I was changing and turning into a new person. Um, and the second year I sang Hallelujah because it wasn't necessary. It was one of those songs that you can make into whatever you needed to be at the time. It's religious if you want it to be religious. It's a love song if you want it to be a love song. And then this last year, I sang I Believe You. Um, so that's the first pick. And then you need a song that has a story. So a story melodically, not necessarily throughout the words, because I couldn't screw the lyrics a lot of times. So I'll pick which lyrics I oh. want to sing, and then I'll rearrange the song. But really? I do. I do. I'll mess up the lyrics all the time because I wanted to say, but you have to keep the same lyrics of the song, but I can rearrange where they are so I can say what I want to say. That's fascinating. I didn't know you could do that. Yeah. So like, and I believe, um, and I believe, I don't even remember the original lyrics, but it's like, um, ever, ever. So I don't remember, but there's an original, original lyrics to I believe. And I, people could see um what you're doing they had to describe <laughs> because I'm totally like I get it it's the storytelling and that's true with you know a podcast and with a book and with an audio yeah. but like everything so I think it's so cool I never would have thought I mean I get that you want to tell a story through a song but I wouldn't have thought how you change the words and the way that you change the the tone and the sound and like the way that you connect that I'm like blown away. I'm like, you changed the words, you changed the lyrics, you shifted them around. You can do that. <laughs> There's some crazy stuff I've done to music. Honestly, I have this little music cutting app on my computer, and I do some crazy things to some soundtracks. So, <laughs> oh my 
gosh, I am loving that. That is so cool. Okay, so you're you're choosing songs that you know you want to you want other people to truly feel when you sing them. You want them to be a part of that story almost. So I want to bring in, you have this whole, I don't even know what you want to call it, but inspire. You are so focused on inspiring other women. Do you choose your songs based on how you feel they inspire you and others? Or how does that come together? Tell us a little bit about inspire. Inspire as it relates to my talent or my lifestyle. Let's go both. Okay, let's go both. So, let's, let's dive deep. <laughs> let's go deep. Okay. So the good thing about, as far as my talent goes, the good thing about art, any form of art, is you only take from it what you need. So you and I can both look at a blue wall and think that it's two different things. You know what I mean? So I did choose a song. I chose a song that personally inspired me and made me feel certain emotions, but I didn't necessarily think that it would make anyone in the audience feel those exact same emotions, but I knew that it would make them feel something. And uh-huh. So I knew that it would make them feel some type of inspiration, but whatever they needed at that time, if it was a mother that was tired and needed a break, she would take from that song what she needed. Or if it was an athlete that was about to go into a competition, they would take from it what they needed. And um, yeah, so I find something that I connect to and that I know others will connect to, but not necessarily how they would connect to it. It makes a lot of sense. My life goes. Yeah, thank you. As far as my life goes, it's like when you asked me what my hobby was, and I said, oh, well, my job is my hobby. I love to do my job. That's pretty much where it started. The best feeling in the world is doing what you love to get by. Like, there's a lot of people who have jobs because they need money and because they have to pay bills. But every single one of us has something that we're so passionate about that we can make money off of and that we can live off of. So like you're doing your podcast. So I want everyone to be able to find that and find a way to do it. And it's hard. I mean, I've had, I've been so blessed to have a good life and my parents made sure that I didn't want for anything, but my parents didn't have that story. Um, my dad came from a very impoverished family. He had six siblings and they really struggled. But when he found what he loved to do, he found his athletics that was his way out and that was his way to what he wanted to do and where he wanted to go. My mom, she also came from an impoverished family. She came from the Creole country is what I call it, Sunset, Louisiana. (laughs) (laughs) Sunset, Louisiana. And she graduated from a technical college the same year I graduated from high school. And she found something that she fell in love with, no matter what age you're at, like my mom. Um, So she found something she fell in love with that she could do. So you're living a passionate life. You're living a more fulfilling life. We don't spend enough time on our mental health. We just kind of push it to the background. But when you are doing what you're passionate about and doing what you love, it's just so much easier. You're just happier. You're just happier. It's the best feeling in the world. You yes. can't describe it. Yes. I totally agree. So what does that look like then? How did you, do you feel like what you love doing kind of fell into your lap? Or is there something that you feel like you took strategic action on to find what you love and to make sure that that's become, you know, a consistent part of your life so that you don't have to go do something that you don't enjoy to survive. It did not fall into my lap by any means. <laughs> it took me a <laughs> long time to figure out. So I've always known I wanted to be a singer. That was hands down. I knew I wanted to sing. I knew I loved to sing. I wasn't always necessarily good. <laughs> I didn't win. I won talent at Miss Louisiana and Miss America, but I never won talent before in any competition. I didn't get my first lead role in a musical, which is what I had my degree in until my senior year. Um, so I wasn't very validated. I wasn't very good. I didn't 
And I didn't discover anything about musical theater until I was a senior in high school. And then I decided to major in college. And similar to Miss Louisiana, I didn't know anything about Miss Louisiana until I was a sophomore, junior in college. So none of it really fell into my lap. And I understand that it won't do that for a lot of people, but you really have to discover yourself. So I, my dad and I kind of go through these three steps when we talk, because my dad has similar, a similar message. And we say, discover, develop, display. And the first step is discover. So I spent most of my life being an athlete. And I won't say that it didn't help me, because I learned so much from athletics, and I would never take away those years I had. But if I would have spent my whole life trying to be a professional athlete, I would never be as happy as I was trying to be a professional singer. I mean, I could go to a track meet and get second place and just be depressed, but I could go into an audition and not get a job and still be happy because I knew that's what I love to do. And so you'll never be truly happy until you discover what you're put on this earth to do. And yeah, so that's the catapult for everything is to discover. And it took me a while. So like I said, I spent most of my life being an athlete, thinking that I was supposed to be an athlete because my dad was an athlete, but really had nothing to do with it. So I tell kids when I go to school visits, I say, you really need to examine yourself, see what you like to do, and that may give you a hint. So I say, if you are like the nosy friend and you're always in someone's business, maybe like being a police detective or being like a lawyer, <laughs> what are those people called that the lawyers have that the research? That kind of person. Um, so look at the qualities you have. I knew I knew I loved to sing. I was very outgoing. I was a people person. And... I was pretty good at reading people's vibes and matching those vibes. So I knew how to make people relate to me. And all of those qualities worked into me becoming Miss Louisiana and worked into me becoming a performer. But I, it wasn't until I discovered those and really found myself that I knew that that was what I wanted to do. And then the next step is develop. And that's the long process of not giving up. Like I told you, never had a choir solo in high school. Um, never was really the golden child in high school. I always lost my voice. At one point I had um, a choir teacher who told me I had nose and that I was never going to be able to sing um, the way I wanted to sing. Um, oh, I got no. to college. Yeah, yeah. So it was it was a journey. And then I got to college and I did one musical and just decided, okay, well, I'm going to major in musical theater. This is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. And by freshman year, I remember calling my dad all the time just saying, I don't think I can do this. Not many people make it in this profession. I'm obviously not that good. It was um, I got accepted into the program with a scholarship and I got accepted into the musical theater concentration, but I wasn't really getting casted in musicals. Um, I was casted in Hairspray, but Hairspray needs a certain amount of black people. So I didn't really credit it all to my talent. I knew that they needed some black people in the musical anyway. And then they did this other musical, Once on this Island, which is another musical that needs a certain amount of black people. And I didn't get cast in that one. So after that, I was like, okay. <laughs> this is it. This has to be a sign. I can't. All I have to do is be able to sing well and be black to be in this musical, and I did not get into this musical. Oh no! So, <laughs> I can only so imagine that conversation with your dad. <laughs> oh I my was gosh! Like, I called Brian Tyler because they both get cast in the musical, and I'm just like, obviously this is not for me. Obviously this is not my calling. I can't get casted in anything. Um, but I just had this passion inside of me, and I felt like this is what I was supposed to be doing, and. Honestly, even when I wanted to give up, I couldn't imagine doing anything else. I didn't know what I would have majored in if I wanted to change my major. There was honestly nothing else I wanted to do. So it was a lot of developing and getting with the right vocal coaches and getting with the right acting coaches and dance instructors. And I remember one year, um, actually after I didn't get cast in Once on this Island, 
we did a Christmas gala that year before, and I, I wasn't cast in anything. And then the next year, I was cast in every dance piece in the in the show. And so it was a lot of dedication and hard work and a lot of playing catch up because I didn't grow up in the performing arts world. I grew up in, uh, in the athletic world. And that has to do with discover. If you discover at a younger age, you won't feel like you're behind. Um, and then display. And that's the most important one that I say is doing things like this and telling your story because a lot of people see, oh, well, she was second runner for Miss America and she won talent. She's an amazing singer. She has a professional job. But they don't see that I didn't have a, I didn't have a solo in high school and I didn't have a solo in college. And I thought I had notes and I was never going to be able to sing as high as I sing now. And so showing people that side makes the cycle start over for someone else. And that's what's important. I love that. And I have to just throw this in there. The only time I've ever heard of nodes before this was on Pitch Perfect. <laughs> so I'm just going back that, to the moment where she's like, I have nodes. <laughs> I'm like, oh, no. It's the hardest thing. When someone tells you you have nodes, it's just like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do now? It's the way Adele had nodes. You know, she had the surgery. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you got through that and you didn't succumb to nodes. <laughs> Oh my I remember when I went, so I studied in Germany after I graduated from college, and there was this voice teacher, um, Corey Trahan and Marianne Cal, and I remember taking a voice lesson with her, and she was like, I don't know if anyone has ever told you that your voice is damaged, but it's not damaged. It, they just maybe didn't know how to teach you to sing with the proper technique or how to get you out of your old habits, but I'm telling you it's not damaged. I remember crying like a baby in that voice lesson. <laughs> oh my gosh. I can that's probably a huge perspective shift. Like it opens up so many doors for you. It really was. And it, it just goes to show that um that sometimes and it's not saying that anyone is wrong or that anyone is trying to put you down, but sometimes those people just don't know how to help you yet. Or those people just aren't there to help you yet. Mm -hmm. Um and that you shouldn't give up. If I would have given up my junior year in high school, then I don't know where I would be now. Hey, are you struggling with finding the time to make or buy healthy meals for yourself and your family? Trust me, I get it. I am swamped with running back and forth across town during the day, going client to client and not having a second to myself until I get home at night. And honestly, by the time I get home, I do not want to plan a meal or go out to the store for ingredients and then come home and make dinner for myself and my husband. This is why I order healthy organic meals from Caspiana Catering every week. So each week, Jessica Comages and her team put together a beautiful menu of super nutrition meals that include things like vegan entrees, seafood entrees, rainbow veggie spiral salads, protein breakfast porridge, nourishing glow bowls, and then my favorite, the super seed chocolate almond butter raw bar. I know, it sounds amazing. It is. <laughs> These meals are packed with organic foods and micronutrients that will fuel your day, but without the guilt. I promise. Now, if you're interested in saving some time and boosting your health, then head on over to caspianacatering.com and use the code DANNY15, D-A-N-Y-E-1-5, to save 15% on your first order. Side note, these meals are only available in Shreveport, Bossier, Louisiana, and you must get your orders in by Saturday for Monday pickup or delivery. I can't wait to see what you get, and I hope you enjoy. 
Are you a Disney fan, but you're kind of stressing a little bit because there is so much to do before you go, you don't even know how you're gonna handle it all, and you're just already thinking about how much you're gonna accidentally indulge on all of those magical goodies and then come home and have to probably diet? Come on, I know you don't want that. I don't want that for you. I don't want that for anyone. Not my friends, not my family, not my clients. Nobody needs that. And I figured out the right way to plan your Disney vacation to include just enough health and fitness to make sure that you come home without feeling guilty about the magical vacation you had and feeling like you need to diet. My brand new Healthy Disney ebook is now available on Amazon in Kindle or ebook format as well as paper book paperback format. So I'm really excited to share that with you. It'll be available in audio version as well soon, but I do highly recommend the paperback version. It's really quite like a workbook. There's a ton of activities in there that really take you through mindset and figuring out how to handle objections and talking to the rest of the people that are going on vacation with you and figuring out your workout strategy and how to have some of the fun magical foods, but then make sure you get some of the healthy stuff in there too. So if you're interested, head on over to Amazon or there will be a link in the show notes below and just type in Healthy Disney and you'll see a picture of me flexing next to Pluto. So click on that ebook. All right. I hope you enjoy it. And I can't wait to hear what you think. Yeah. It sounds like you and your dad had a really great process that developing stage. I think you, it sounds like you could have taken it two ways. You could have said, well, maybe this isn't for me. I'm going to try all these other things, even if I don't think that I'm going to enjoy them, or I'm going to buckle down on this one thing that I know that I love and whatever it takes, I'm going to make it work. Yeah, definitely. And you'll know, I said this in the last podcast I did, I said, when you know, you know, um, so the more things you try, once you find the one thing that you're supposed to be doing, it'll be immediate. Because it won't matter how many times you lose. It doesn't matter how many times you fail doing that one thing. It will just always feel right. Yeah. Well, and I love that you've been able to find that. Because now now that you've been through this and you're sharing your story, there are other people out there who I'm sure are connecting in the same way, thinking, I've loved doing this thing all my life, but maybe I've had the wrong mentors or they've told me things. And just in my gut, I didn't think it was right, but I didn't know where else to turn. So now you're giving everybody else the permission to continue going and to find something different along the path that feels good. Yeah, definitely. Beautiful. Okay, so you you studied abroad in Germany. And it sounds like you've done, you were just in Mexico. You've done a lot of traveling. So how has that all played into your professional career? It definitely, definitely helped a lot with Miss Louisiana. Um, so I studied for a month after Miss Louisiana 2016. So it was right after Justine won, the day after I packed up. And then the day after that, I flew out to Germany. And I stayed there for a month in Keith for Selden. And then I, of course, worked on Carnival. But like I said in my interview this year at Miss Louisiana, um, it just taught me to make my community wherever it needed to be. Because as Ms. when you prepare for Miss Louisiana, you have to do community service. And I wasn't necessarily in a town where I could just go and volunteer at a food bank or go and volunteer at a children's home. I was on a cruise ship and I had to do, I had to find a way to make that my community and I had to find a way to relate to all of these other cultures. I think it's 900 different countries we have working on the cruise ship and then we have our guests. So I had to find a way to relate to these other cultures and figure out what they wanted as community service. How can I serve them and what can I do for them and how do they feel? So it made me a lot more aware and I think a lot more well-rounded because when you're in Louisiana, you, you know Louisiana. And then when you leave and you meet people from 
India and people from the Philippines and Serbia and um, yeah, my boss was from Serbia and he told me, I was like, oh, so do you speak Serbian? He was like, we speak Dalmatian. So that's just little <laughs> things that you learn. <laughs> he actually bought me an atlas during my contract and he brought it to me. I was in the crew lounge and he said, Holly, I think you need this. <laughs> oh man <laughs> but yeah you meet so many people from different cultures different backgrounds and you find a way to serve them so i i've been able to serve people and relate to people no matter where i am and learn how to be one with them that is so cool i i think cruises are an amazing way whether you're on the ship or traveling just for a short period of time to become more culturally aware and I'm super curious because I'm a hospitality major. For a while, my mom was like, you should go work on a cruise ship so that I can come along with you. <laughs> but how oh. did you, yeah, how did you decide that you wanted to take your career onto a cruise ship? I mean, that would mean, I assume, packing up and leaving everything for at least, what, three months, maybe six? How does that work? At least six months. Um, well, I've always, well, always, since I discovered that I wanted to be a performer, I always thought I wanted to work on a cruise ship. So my senior year in high school, our senior trip, we went on a cruise out of New Orleans on the Carnival Ovation. And I remember going to the shows and I had literally leaned over to my mom and dad and I was like, I could totally do this. And the girl that was performing, it was actually her last cruise. And so I was trying to figure out who I could talk to to see if I could get her job. I was still in high, I was just graduated from high school. <laughs> like, that's not going to get her great. job. Right. So um, I go to college and I'm performing and I still have this cruise ship idea in the back of my head. I knew I wanted to save up to move to New York eventually and it was a great way to save up no expenses travel the world and get to perform do all these cool shows um and so after I graduated when I came home from Germany I sent off my talent reel to a bunch of companies a bunch of cruise lines I Carnival offered me a job they offered it was very very fast I think I sent in my talent reel like a Monday and they called me that Friday and said can you fly out as soon as possible and I flew out Wednesday <laughs> I was like, wow. yeah, I can come tomorrow. And they were like, how yeah. long do you wait until Wednesday? <laughs> They're like, wait, we, we didn't mean that fast. Like, give us a day or two. <laughs> right, right. They're like, give us a So, yeah, and so I started working on the cruise ship. But I actually, so U University of New Orleans has a hotel management hospitality department. And I took them for a day trip on the Carnival Dream. My old boss is there, Nick Chappellick. And I took them on a tour of the ship with the hotel director. And they had a meeting with them afterwards so they could see what it was like to be a hotel director or be in management on a cruise ship, which was kind of part of my platform to see options in your field. So, yeah, that'd be, if that's something you're interested in, that would be totally cool. I can take you with me to New Orleans and we can go meet next show. Yes, that would be so awesome. I will book <laughs> my calendar. Give me more than two days in advance notice, please. <laughs> Do it. Well, no, he's always messaging me asking why don't I bring people to visit him more often. He's in New Orleans and he just loves when I bring groups on to visit him on the cruise ship so yeah you just go for a day you sign on at like 10 o'clock and then you sign off around 2 30. That is so cool well, my parents live in Mandeville right outside of New Orleans the next time I head down there I'll let you know. Oh yeah let's make it happen. Oh my gosh that's so exciting yeah I've been on uh, two cruises in my life I'm going to Alaska this summer and I have to say I would recommend to anybody that they go on a cruise as a vacation because I think the best part and I knew this at age 10 is yeah, you have to leave the phone behind, right? Yeah. And that is like yeah. the best feeling in the world sometimes. You you and I both love technology, but gosh, we know it can be really even better loved when it's taking a vacation itself. Yeah. <laughs> it could have you sitting in a Walmart parking lot trying to do a podcast. So Right. <laughs> I don't know who that happens to. Who does that happen to? I don't know. No. 
Oh, gosh. Okay, so now that's sparking my curiosity. How has social media played a role in furthering your career? And then with Miss Louisiana, has it been something that you feel like has put you more in the public eye, has brought you more scrutiny, something you've had to like work through and and deal with? Or has it been fun? Tell me about that. It's a love-hate relationship simply because I don't like social media. I'm... (laughs) I always say when I give away the crown, everyone's going to think I fell off of the face of the earth because they're going to be like, Holly has not posted in months. Where is she? Ah! (laughs) I really, I really like it. Most of the bookings I get through a lot. Well, I don't know, actually, because I'm not the booking agent. Miss Debbie does our booking. Yeah. I I get a lot of messages for bookings and appearances on social media. We met on social media. We sure did. Yes. We messaged on social media. Um, and you just get so many connections. But I think what's really important, um, I mean, the Miss Louisiana page has about 20,000 followers. And so those are people that I get to explain the job of Miss Louisiana to, from my perspective. I always say the job of Miss Louisiana is whatever the girl wants it to be that year. And so I get to tell people what I want Miss Louisiana to be for a year, because a lot of people don't really know what we do or why we have the crown on or if we just do a pageant and I mean I was one of those people who just thought you were just a pretty girl who did a pageant walked around in some hills and that's all you did so and simple so I really like get, yeah it's so, it's so easy it's so easy <laughs> but I get to crush those stereotypes through social media I get to show people all the work that I get to do all the fun things I get to do so anyone listening message me on social media we can be friends that's super cool. Okay, well then what okay, what is your what is Miss Louisiana to you? What's what does your day to day look like? For anybody that doesn't Ooh, know. Day to day is that is a hard question to answer. My days look different. Every single day looks different. Um, I always tell people I don't look at my calendar a week ahead of time. So if people ask me, You're coming to my event next month, I'm gonna say I have no idea. <laughs> I only like, know ask what I'm Debbie. Doing next week. <laughs> You're gonna have to ask me Debbie. I only know what I'm doing next week. That's it. Just to keep me sane. Um, but it's it's a roller coaster. I'm all over the place. So let me think this past week, Monday, so I host this game show. That's right. It's I don't know if you play it, but you no, download it. but I it. saw you talk about it. Yeah, online. Yeah, yes. you win free money. You do a quiz, and they, they give out $2,000, usually a game, um, raffle and trivia questions. So I think I hosted that game twice this week, and I did an interview for Bayou Life. We I was helping write an article. Um, about women empowerment because next month is women's month. Um, and I did a photo shoot for that. I had an open house at one of our sponsors places, but a lot of the bulk of what I do is school visits. Um, I visit a lot of schools and talk about my platform. It's really easy. Each girl has a different platform. And for me, um, it's a lot easier because my platform, I can pretty much talk about anywhere I go. And so I've been getting a lot of school visit requests to talk about my platform and talk about my story. Cause it's pretty unique as far as, um, my pageant background goes because it's not non-existent. Yeah. So, <laughs> I talk about my story at schools. Um, it's black history month. So I get a lot of ML. I've been to probably six MLK events just these past like two weeks. Wow. So, so many Martin Luther King Jr. events. Um, and I've been in a lot of black history programs. So this month, every day I post a black history quote or a black history fact on my story. Um, so we can highlight black history month because I'm the first black Miss Louisiana in 18 years. We've only ever had three. Wow. So that in itself. But what I tell people, um, I was talking to somebody about this the other day and I don't remember who, but what's really important to me this year is to make sure that everyone can find a way to relate to me Mm -hmm. in any type of way. So I've had 
just like I've had a lot of black girls come up to me and say, oh my gosh, you look like me. I've had a lot of girls with curly hair of any race come up to me and say, oh my gosh, we have the same hair. Um, I know when I did my LASIK, I wore my glasses and I opted not to take them off for pictures. And I remember I probably got three messages from moms who say, it means so much to my daughter that you're wearing glasses because she was having a hard time feeling confident wearing her glasses. Aww. So I try to be as transparent as possible. Um, so people know that I'm a real person and find a way to connect to me and they know that my athletic background or the fact that I wasn't into pageants, the fact that I wasn't really as good of a singer as I am now growing up. I just try to find as many ways as possible to be, possible to be open because I do want Miss Louisiana to be put on this pedestal as this high honor, but I want it to be achievable. I want people to know that they can do it, even though they wear glasses, even though they have braces, even though their hair is curly and it frizzes up in the winter or it frizzes up in the rain. So that's one of my goals this year as Miss Louisiana. That is beautiful. And I feel like you've done a really great job with that. I mean, I had never met you before today other than a few, you know, social media messages. And I I feel like you're super real. I mean, we haven't, it's, I don't feel like you've talked to me in a way that has put you on this unreachable pedestal. I feel like you've been very real and very honest. And you've said, Hey, I've struggled, but I came up with a plan. Like I followed my gut. We had these action steps. I talked to people and like, it sounds like it's been an ever growing process for you, which is really, really cool. And that makes it realistic and tangible for anybody else listening or, or watching what you do online. Yeah. And that's what did it for me. And I know, so when I joined, it was fate. It was nothing but God that Lacey Sanchez was Miss Louisiana at the time. And so every time I wanted to say that I wasn't a pageant stereotype, Lacey would talk to me. And this girl is a pole vaulter at LSU. Super athletic, super tomboyish. And <laughs> the most tomboyish Miss Louisiana we've ever had. And Anytime I wanted to say I couldn't do a pageant, I would look at her and I would say, well, she's athletic like me or she's a tomboy like me. She does track like me. And I remember during Miss Louisiana week, most of the girls, when I went back the next year, I mean, all of the Miss Louisianas would dress really, really nice everywhere we went. We'd be in rehearsal with heels and makeup on. But I remember my first year, Lacey Sanchez would come to rehearsal in track tights and a workout shirt with her hair and a crooked ponytail. And so seeing someone that I related to in any type of way, no matter how far-fetched it was, just made me feel like I could achieve something that she could achieve. And so I want to make sure that everyone has that feeling. Absolutely. I think that's so, so important. And I mean, that's, I don't, I feel like that's what we all want to display is like, we want to give other people the inspiration and the hope that they can do it too. And if you don't tell them how you did it, then they have no idea how to make it happen. They they see that they know yeah. point A because they're there and they know where point B is, but they have no idea how to do that destination roadmap. So you're giving other women that tool. And I love that. Thanks. Now, um, I know we're kind of, you're welcome. You're welcome. I know we're kind of wrapping things up, but I'm, I feel like I'm very curious today, but boundaries, you don't love social media being Miss Louisiana kind of puts you in a spotlight. What do you do other than that? the non-negotiables we talked about at the beginning, what are your boundaries? How do you set those so that you have time for yourself to kind of back away from the public and the crowd to take care of you to make sure that then you can take care of everybody else when you do step outside of your door? Well, I do. um, I have my personal Instagram. So that's one thing as far as social media goes with boundaries. So I I post certain things on my Miss Louisiana page and I post certain things on my personal page. Um, But I make it open to everyone to follow me on both pages. But just so they can kind of as I want to be there's still a difference between work and personal and it's harder to see the line between that 
um, in a job like this, but it, it makes more sense to me because I'm a performer and I have to, I have that fine line in my personal and my real life as well with my other job. Um, but the biggest thing you can do as far as boundaries is just to be transparent. I mean, there's a lot of people, especially in the South, we want to be so hospitable and so sweet, but a lot of times you just have to be transparent. There's a lot of people I've turned down for pictures. <laughs> and I know it's like, Miss Louisiana cannot tell me she won't take a picture with me, but I've done it quite a few times. I mean, honestly, if we're going to be open, I've been asked for pictures in bathrooms a lot. Oh, <laughs> gotta be awkward. I tell people, <laughs> I can't people, you'll be amazed at the times that people will ask you for a picture. And I would just kindly say, I will not take a picture with you in the bathroom. If you would like to wait outside, I will take a picture with you after <laughs> that. Usually they don't. Usually they're upset with me after that. But um, people have asked me to take pictures in the middle of my makeup while I'm still putting the eyelash on. And I'm just like, you're just going to have to wait until I finish my makeup. And it's not being rude, but if you completely lose yourself mm-hmm. for your job, you're going to go crazy. No matter what job you do, no matter how fine that line is, if you don't make boundaries for yourself, you're not going to be happy doing the job you love. And that also comes with transparency between me and the Miss Louisiana board, my booking agent, Miss Debbie. Um, a lot of most of the bookings I do, I don't get to approve. It's not like she sends me the bookings and says, do you want to do this? She just books them and then I, they show up on my calendar. Ah. Um, but I do have to be transparent. And if there's a, a appearance that I don't want to make or an appearance that I do want to make, I need to talk to her and tell her that. Or if there's something that they're doing that's not making me happy then I need to talk to them and tell them that I don't want to do it because at the end of the day, this is my job for a year Mm -hmm. and they're, they're not trying to hurt me, but if I'm not talking to them, they're just going to think that I'm okay with it. Well, sure. How would they know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Unhappy and bitter for no reason because they're really not trying to hurt you. They just don't know. So I have to be very transparent, very open um, because this is a business. It's a great job. It is a business and I need to be very business minded throughout this year. And it helps that I've been in the professional world for a while. So um, I'm able to talk to them and just say, hey, this is okay. This is not okay. So that everything I'm doing, I know is making me happy. I'm not doing anything that is making me uncomfortable or anything that I don't believe lines up with what I want to do as Miss Louisiana. I love that. Well, and it's so good that it sounds like they probably had an open line of communication when you came in, kind of setting the expectations like, hey, we want to help you. We want you to help us. This is a relationship. This is not a one-sided thing. And if we all want to be happy and move the platform forward, we all have to talk and work together. So yes, the morning after you're crowned, you go and you have this big meeting with the president, the vice president, and Miss Debbie, our booking agent. Um, And they read through the entire contract, what they expect of you, what you're supposed to do. Somebody in the meeting fell asleep. I won't say who it is, but he knows who he is. Ah! <laughs> fell asleep while he's supposed to be reading me my contract. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so we have that open forum. We have that open forum where we can communicate to each other. Um, we're very open with each other. I mean, there are, there are multiple times where I've called and I've said, hey, I don't want to do this. And yeah. I don't plan on doing it. So we're going to have to cut it out. Sorry. But they understand. I mean, it's your year. It's You only have one chance to be Miss Louisiana or Miss whoever. I um, mean, if you don't take advantage of making it as happy as you can, then you've really missed out. You've really Definitely. missed out on a good year. Well, and obviously they don't know you as well as they'd like to when you're first coming in and they know you a lot better at the end of the year. But if you say yes to everything, then that's not truly showing everybody in, you know, in Louisiana and America and the, in the world who you really are. If you're just saying yeah. yes to all the things and like putting on a smile in a place that you're really uncomfortable, that doesn't even make sense. Yeah. And that was, it's funny you say that because I don't know if you watched Miss America, but that was pretty much my question, my final onstage question before they announced that five. 
and it was like, um, you said you didn't want to be famous. Why not? And I said, um, <laughs> it was kind of sassy. <laughs> Oops. But I said, um, just because I don't want to be famous doesn't mean I'm not prepared to be famous. And that's pretty much what it is. What we just talked about. I mean, it's hard to be in the spotlight. If I probably walked into Walmart right now in my sweatpants, someone would notice me and ask me for a picture. And you know, that's stressful. You know, you don't always want a picture when you don't look like the way you want to look. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and that's what comes with people knowing who you are. You don't truly get a full day off. But if you know how to set boundaries for yourself, if you know how to communicate with people and understand that it is okay to say no to some people, then you'll be set. You'll be fine. Yeah, so important. And it is hard to say no. And it is something you have to learn how to do with a lot of practice with the small yes. things first. So I congratulate you on learning how to say no, because that's a huge <laughs> thing that a lot Thank of people you. don't know how to do and, and never try to. So good yeah. for you. All right. So wrapping things up, what is coming up for you? What are you excited about? What's happening in 2019 as you move forward from being Miss Louisiana 2018? Okay. Well, I told you about the Pelicans game already. Mm -hmm. um, as Miss Louisiana towards the, the rest of my year, you'll start seeing a lot. So we have these sponsors and we have these events that Miss Louisiana does every year. One of them is with the Louisiana Governor's Council on Physical Fitness. So I'll be able to go and travel throughout the state and some of Mississippi, I think, and go to these physical fitness meets. Oh, when cool. I tell you these little and they're little kids, these little kids are like beasts. They are beast mode. I went to one of their meets and they like have to do a certain exercise for one minute. These kids are doing like 75 pull ups in one minute, 200. Oh, in wow. One minute. It's crazy. So I get to go to all of those. Um, that's one of our partnerships with Miss Louisiana. And that's something I'm excited about. I'm going to be going to Angola soon and they'll give me a tour and tell me about how life is at Angola and says something I'm interested to learn about the incarceration system. Yeah. There's a lot of Miss America sisters. That was their platform. Um, and they've had incarcerated parents or incarcerated family members. So that'll be interesting. Yeah. Um, let me think of something else. I'm traveling a lot. I'm going to my first ever Mardi Gras ball. Um, I'm going to try to spend Mardi Gras in New Orleans this year. I've never spent Mardi Gras in New Orleans. Um, You're going to be in for a lot of crowds. <laughs> I'm scared. I'm kind of scared. I can't even lie to you. I'm a bit scared. Those, more, most south I've ever been for Mardi Gras is Sunset. So like Lafayette area. So I don't know what's going to happen. But I think it's important. I felt like when I came into Miss Louisiana that we weren't in South Louisiana as much as we were in North Louisiana. So I really wanted to expand over the state. And mm -hmm. I've been traveling to South Louisiana a lot more often this year, and I plan to keep doing it for the rest of the year. Um, and then I'll soon crown a new Miss Louisiana, which I'm very excited about. It's I'm really curious as to who it will be, but the girls are probably going to hate me. I'll probably send them this podcast, but ah. I really just can't <laughs> wait to spend Miss Louisiana week and not be stressed about anything. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Hey, you've had, like, what, like the past year and a half probably of stress trying to make yeah. sure you're, you know, in the right shoes every day. And it's exactly. a lot. I mean, it's probably taken for granted, but people don't see the behind the scenes and the day to day and the fact that it truly is a job. It really is a job. And I'm, I travel a lot and I'm all over the place. I get tired. I do get tired people. I get sleepy. I have five hour energy. <laughs> <laughs> I get exhausted. Um, because everybody, they're, the bookings are booked individually. So one person just says, Oh, well, she's just doing my event in Lafayette, but they don't know that the morning before I had an event in Monroe or I had an event, wherever. So it, it, it does get all over the place, but it's a job. But 
just going into Miss Louisiana week and not thinking about, am I going to win at the end of the competition is going yeah. to be peachy keen. I cannot wait. It's going to be so much fun. And then probably a week after Miss Louisiana, I'm flying up to New York because wow. I'll be moving. I'm signed under Block Talent Agency, their New York office, and I'm moving to Brooklyn right after Miss Louisiana. Oh man, I love New York. I'm excited for you, girl. That I love is so it much too. fun. I'm scared for the winter, but I'm really excited to move up there. Yeah, I can't say I've spent a winter there. I've spent a couple weekends in winter up there, but I will yeah. I will send you warm wishes. How about that? Please do. <laughs> this was actually my first winter back on land because of the cruise ship. So usually for Christmas, I'm like on an island somewhere enjoying the sun in a swimsuit. And this year was really hard on me. Like, this is the most I've gotten sick since college. I was just, everything is just wrong with the cold. I'm not a fan. (laughs) Not at all. Well, I guess culture shock if you're used to spending um, Christmas in the heat. Yes. It's been, been, again, Louisiana, you just can't tell here. Some days it's in the 20s and the 30s, and the next day it's the 70s and overly humid. (laughs) You've got to pack for everything. Absolutely terrible. Oh my goodness. Well, yeah, that's the plans for my life. Hopefully y'all will see me on Broadway one day. Come up and visit me, get some tickets. Yes. We'll, we'll have to, we'll have to stay at at top of your social media so that we know where and when you're performing. If I post anything. I hope you do. (laughs) I'll try really hard. I promise, but no promises about whether or not you'll see me on social media after this year. All right. Well, we can keep our fingers crossed. (laughs) Okay. Well, Holly, thank you so much. And before we close out with a last final question, where can everybody find you, follow you, connect to you? Where are the best places to get in touch with you and to follow your journey and to follow your motivational platform? Okay. Well, I have my official Louisiana, Miss Louisiana pages on Instagram. I am Miss America LA. I'm on Facebook. It's Miss Louisiana, Holly Conway, Holly with an I. Um, There's honestly, guys, you can follow my Twitter, but (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> it'll just be for the support I'm just going to be real with you but that's also Miss America LA my personal um, my personal Twitter I think is Holly Khan H-O-L-L-I-C-O-N and I think I have about 50 followers so if you want to follow me on that <laughs> give me some support yeah um, Facebook is Holly Conway and Instagram is welcome to underscore Hollywood but if you find any of my pages all of the other the other ones are linked to them so you can just click on the link in my bio um, and I post as pretty much every day as Miss Louisiana. Awesome. Well, I will link everything in the show notes. So anybody listening, check out the show notes below and it'll be linked down there and you can follow Holly everywhere. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. All right. So Holly, last question. The Fitness Empowerment Podcast is all about providing the resources for people to move forward with their fitness, food, and travel. And travel in this case is not necessarily meaning vacation, but the busy, hectic schedules that we run through on the daily. So what is one resource that you have used on your journey that you can recommend to everybody else to go check out today that will help them move forward? Okay, it's not an actual resource that you can look up, but it's something that someone told me, Hope Anderson. Um Miss Louisiana, I think 2011, she's um, a nutritionist. And after I won Miss Louisiana, I got to talk to her. And she she taught me the mental health side of physical fitness. And the most important thing she ever told me was not to give moral value to food. And that was something that we all tend to do. And it really messes with our, it really messes with our eating habits and the way we look at like dieting and eating healthy. So she would say, for example, like we would give more value to a cookie. 
And if you eat this cookie, you're a bad person because you cheated and you ate a cookie and cookies aren't good for you. <laughs> but you're really not a bad person because you ate a cookie. And once you start doing that, you start emotional eating mm-hmm. and you start depriving yourself of things that you want or things that are really healthy for you. If you're with your family and you're baking cookies, it's mentally healthy for you to be a part of that. Um, and then you find yourself binging later on in life because you, you've deprived yourself for so long. And so she told me to not just diet and not just give moral value to the things that I eat, but more so live a healthy lifestyle. And if I wake up one day and I want a pancake, eat a pancake. As long yes. as you're not doing it all the time. Yeah, eat a pancake. <laughs> it's okay to eat a pancake. Don't torture yourself because you're not a bad person because you gave yourself something that you wanted. Um, but just go through life and try your best to have balanced meals and try your best to live a healthy lifestyle. Um not necessarily depriving yourself, but disciplining yourself. And that's really, honestly, that completely changed my life when she said that, because I was totally that person that would just, oh, I ate this chocolate cake and I really wanted it because I was out with my friends, but I can't believe I did it. I'm so terrible. I'm going to punish myself next week. I don't get any sugar. Yeah, I was that kind of person. So um, don't live that kind of life. Don't be like me. Don't be like Holly. Learn learn from that particular setback. (laughs) Yes. Oh, that's beautiful. Well, Holly, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. You have just dropped a ton of knowledge and inspiration in this episode. I cannot wait to just share it out with pretty much the whole planet because I know the whole planet is going to listen to this. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Yeah, right. Eventually. Um, So do you have any last parting words for everybody or are you are you ready to get out of your Walmart parking lot? (laughs) fine I get to see the people come and go I love it I'm the people watching people watching yes no other than just thank you um and reach out I'm really a friendly person honestly reach out to me it may take me a while I don't know how long it took me to respond to you I probably responded immediately but it was pretty quick it was quick yeah sometimes it takes me a while to respond but if you reach out to me on social media anybody I'll pretty much respond to you and find a way to um highlight whatever it is that you want to highlight or do whatever the event is you want to do um, so yeah, reach out to me. I'm, I'm pretty cool. I like to think. <laughs> awesome. I, Hey, I believe it after spending an hour and about 20 minutes with you. I believe it. I, I'm excited to go hang out with you. So <laughs> thanks. Yes. Awesome. Yes. I can come to report. Sounds good. Yes, please do. I don't know how much we have exciting to do here, but we'll find something. <laughs> it's, 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 there's, there's some stuff. I live in Monroe. So, you know, Shreveport, it'll just be a different scenery. Yep. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, Holly, thank you so much. And ladies and gentlemen, if you loved this episode, then be sure to click that subscribe button on your podcast platform of choice and screenshot this episode to share out on social media. We would love to know what you enjoyed and what you learned from this episode. And we'd be so grateful if you took 30 seconds to leave us an honest rating and review. And if you sent us a DM, both of us. (laughs) Awesome. All right. And until next time, we will talk to you guys in the next episode. Bye, everyone. A summary of key takeaways I want you to remember from Miss Holly Conway today. Focus on what you love and center your life around that thing. Your passion may not fall into your lap, but when you discover new paths and develop what you enjoy, then you can display those qualities and encourage others to do the same. Holly encourages you to get someone in your corner when the going gets tough. Her father and family were a lot of this for her, but it can be a friend or a coworker that truly believes in you and wants to get behind you to hold you accountable to those goals when it gets hard. Holly believes in sharing your story and the struggle behind the highlight reel that most of us see through social media, which really only hits the surface of what it takes to get where you are going. 
Transparency is key for setting boundaries no matter what you do in life, and communication is essential for others to understand what you are going through and what your intentions are. Last but not least, Holly wanted to pass along some valuable knowledge from a previous Miss Louisiana and encourages you not to give moral value to food and to let you know that enjoying a pancake or baking some cookies with friends and family does not need to be associated with being a bad person or doing a bad thing. Enjoy those moments and appreciate the time you have with someone else and really just live a well-balanced life. Also, don't forget to look for Holly singing the national anthem at the New Orleans Pelicans game on March 8th for National Women's Day. Holly, thank you again for being on the Fitness Empowerment Podcast, and I wish you the best of luck in your move to New York City and cannot wait to hear you on Broadway someday soon. Thank you so much for spending time with me today and listening to the Fitness Empowerment Podcast. If you felt empowered to make a change in your life and take the next step on your health and fitness journey, then please do me a favor and take a moment to share this episode with a friend who needs to hear this message. This podcast is available via iTunes, SoundCloud, and Anchor, which shares to a multitude of other platforms, so make sure you check out the platform that you enjoy most. And if you really, truly do enjoy this content, then please do me another favor and go over to iTunes, give this podcast a five-star rating and an honest review, and that will truly help the podcast to grow and reach as many people as possible. So thank you in advance for that. Also, if you know of someone, perhaps a friend or family member that has been through a huge struggle in their fitness and health journey and they have overcome that struggle, please pass them on to me. I would love to hear about their journey and share it with the rest of the world. Until next time, cheers to your next leap of strength.